We have some more exciting news regarding our book, Death by Umbrella, The Hundred Weirdest Horror Movie Weapons. Rue Morgue Magazine recently said this about the book. What separates Death by Umbrella from your run-of-the-mill glossary is the amount of heart and appreciation within its pages, recommended for gore hounds, list lovers, and trivia fiends. Well, we hope you're one of those and that you pick up the book. It's available at Amazon. Thanks a lot. Top of the news this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind the Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. You know what you're thinking. Mine's bigger than yours, right? It's not fair. Throw it away. All right? Tons of popcorn there. Yeah. And all you gotta do is go climb a tree to go eat it. <laughs> it was a night like any other night. Then something happened. Oh, good lord. It's. It's unbelievable. It's. It's horrible. Welcome to the Really Awful Movies Podcast, a celebration of low-budget cinema. The sleep of reason gives birth to monsters. Hi, my name's Chris, and along with Jeff, we're bringing you the very best and worst of horror, sci-fi, post-apocalyptic wasteland, kung fu, and women in prison movies from the 1960s to today. Check us out at reallyawfulmovies.com, part of the Crypt TV family. It all began in a peaceful community, a place that had never known evil, until now. But 20 years ago, in the stillness beneath these waters, something happened. And now, its deadly spawn has been released. Coming up from the depths, out into the light. Salons. First, they got into the water system. Now, they'll get into your system. Oh, my God! They ooze. There's something down there that's killing me. They slime. Oh, we got a new dead body showing up every ten minutes. They kill. We're dealing with a mutant form of slug here. The kind that eats meat. It has three or four rows of teeth. Don't turn on the tap. <laughs> Don't go in the basement. No, get out of here! Steer clear of the sewers. And whatever you do, don't make out while your parents aren't home. Slugs. We're downtown Toronto headquarters. Here's episode 153, 1988's, recently released on pristine Blu-ray via Arrow, Creature Feature, Animals Attack, Nature Run Amok, Eco Horror. Slugs, which is something we had to watch because we're Animal Kingdom completists. We love watching animals running amok. 
and killing people, <laughs> whether it be rabbits in Night of the Lepus, alligators in Alligator, like Placid, Rogue, what have you, Orca, Killer Whales. Earthworms and Squirm. Oh my god. Uh, spiders the, the Kingdom of the Spiders. With William Shatner, you name it. Farm animals and <laughs> yeah, dogs. Yeah, dogs with pet dogs. In Cujo, yeah. Yeah, or in dogs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. just or great. Dog. <laughs> yeah. Just a... great stuff. And here we got slugs and dogs dressed up as rats and deadly In deadly, of yeah. course, yeah. <laughs> it just goes on and on and this stuff is fantastic. We launch right into it with a couple on a lake. Uh, she drops her drawers to expose some incredible 80s granny panties. Uh, gorgeous 80s blonde her boyfriend falls into the lake boom blood gurgles to the surface he's finished uh, we know the title of this movie is slugs but we don't see what lies beneath mm -hmm. well I've seen what maker. lies beneath that's oh, what, that's, oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah a terrible movie that was a terrible movie with <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford yeah, yeah. with a really bad twist ending you see mm. it coming a mile away and I wish I haven't seen what lies beneath but in this one we do not see what lies beneath what we do see is after that boom the title Gigantic font, slugs, and then very, very small font after that, the movie. What else could it be? Not to be confused with Slugs the Broadway musical, Slugs the Light Opera, uh, Slugs the... Oh, actually, there is a novel on which this is based. So, yes. uh, penned by one, what is it, Sean Hudson? I believe so, yeah. Okay, yeah, which we neither of us has read, uh, and... Probably will, will, yeah. It will be rereading anytime soon. <laughs> but that's the source material. So, what we find is... A town that's being plagued by slimy, oozing, quite disgusting creatures. I mean, this really got to me. Yeah. Uh, I think most people, I think it, there's a pretty broad spectrum of people's reactions to, let's say, spiders. Because people appreciate what spiders do for us. They kill flies, which are disgusting, and landed shit, and the flies are disgusting. Everyone hates flies. Spiders are cool, and people are afraid of them, but still, we like them. We appreciate what they do for us. Well, don't to a degree. absolutes. There's a lot of people that are There's a, a lot of petrified about True, spiders. but at least we can respect them. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone really respects the slug. Well, that's the whole thing, because before I pop this movie into my Blu-ray player and we just experienced it, like, I've, I don't think I've ever really encountered a slug in my life. Like, mm. what... So I was asking you because I always just in a the, garden. Yeah, that you're the expert on the animal. <laughs> oh God, God what, help us! <laughs> what is a slug? Is it an insect? Is it a? That, it's not an arachnid. What? What is? I mean, so is it we more, can only speculate because this is an off-the-cuff, impromptu podcast. Here we usually do a little more research, mm -hmm. but I would expect it's in the same family as the worm, a nematode. I can't recall this from biology, mm -hmm. but that's what I figure it is. Uh, at a Chinese restaurant here in Toronto. I had a sea cucumber, which is pretty disgusting, and it's basically a nice spin put on <laughs> what is a, a slug, a sea slug, and they call it a cucumber, but it's disgusting. It has the consistency of jello. It was by far the worst thing I've ever eaten. Yeah, but cucumbers aren't that appetizing either, so by... Oh, yeah. They're all water, they have no taste, but that's a digression. Couldn't they call it like a, a sea cornetto or something? <laughs> like a, you know. A sea zucchini? I don't know what you'd call it. Like, you have to put a good spin on it, right. because no one wants to eat a slug. No, because the reason I'm saying this is because, okay, like, watching Jeff Lieberman's masterful squirm, you know, we... We know worms. We're familiar with worms. We all have had experiences with worms. We've seen earthworms. Worms are useful 
they're yeah, used they're for, great for the garden. They're, they're great for bait. Yeah, exactly. I was yeah. gonna say they're used for fishing. They're used for bisecting when yeah. you're a young kid. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I used to do that. I used to yeah. go around and cut those worms in half because when I heard that if you take it, you know, after the rain, out come the worms. And yeah. if you take a worm and cut it in half, both sides will live on. Man, I had to test that hypothesis, <laughs> and I went out there slicing worms. Great. Sorry, what was the uh, the nematode nematode yeah yeah so i'm assuming that a snail is also a we're nematode. only assuming but you can fact check that yourself but mm. yeah it, it's true like spiders but i think there's more people in the corner of worms because they're super cool and people generally like them yeah there's gummy worms yes they like to eat gummy worms and i was about to say snails are cool too because you know they carry that shell on their back and that's something kind of unique and kind of fun. yeah and they're kind of plodding and people sort of like creatures in the animal kingdom that are super slow and can't just evade their predators by just running away. But like a sloth, a sloth is super slow. A sloth oh, a is sloth, cool. Yeah. Like it's kind of, it, it just does its thing. But well, a slug has no shell and it's just exposed for the like the weird phallic disgusting dates. Lobulous. Oh, it's disgusting. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, we were it, coiled. Apparently it's got four rows of teeth and this is what I learned from the movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, it, as it oozes along and emits this, this sort of Viscous, you can see mem <laughs> membranous, disgusting goo. Slime ooze, yeah. slimy ooze. Oh, just really bad. And in this movie, there are hundreds upon hundreds of super disgusting, black, blobulous, turd like slugs. <laughs> and it, they're used to great fashion. I mean, the one thing this movie does not shy away from is the gore, which is not surprising when you consider this film was directed by one Jacques Pierre. Simon, a.k.a. J.P. Simon, the director of the 1982 Grindhouse classic, the Giallo Slasher Hybrid pieces. pieces, which I've only seen in parts. Sorry, it's a terrible pun. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's no, yeah, and it was a kind of a trailblazer because it was one of these things where the guy wanted to put together various body parts to create uh, a jigsaw puzzle and other... Uh, I think this has been reproduced in your crappy police procedurals and other movies as well. So it was kind of ahead of its time in that in that respect. But yeah, he, he's definitely showing his range here to go from giallo slasher horror to eco horror. Well, pieces is, is pretty stupid in a lot of ways, but I mean I love it. <laughs> yeah. One of the reasons I love it is because it brings the exploitative elements. It's mm. gory as all hell, and it's it brings the goods. And in this movie, after the uh, the drowning. We're introduced to a couple characters, and one of them is, and they're both civil servants, actually. One of them is a health inspector by the name of Michael, and he's got a buddy who works in a sanitation department by the name of Don. And they become central figures as this, this scourge of slugs. Yeah, starts taking over the town. And we see this at the beginning where uh, a local uh, cantankerous old gent who lives in this dilapidated shack, he gets eaten when he ventures into the basement and just gets completely taken over by these creatures and he's about to be evicted and whatever and that is the event that catalyzes their involvement in this and they start to suspect like he does see more of these creatures just in people's gardens mm -hmm. and he's wondering what is up with this well when they find this guy i mean he is eaten to the bone oh yeah his his skull yeah, is completely exposed exposed yeah. bloody eyeballs popping out of the socket <laughs> yes completely. really disgusting and as these attacks continue they again they just become more and more 
incredulously disgusting. We have a gentleman who is, a, I guess, an older, retired gent, like, has a bit of a green thumb, like, yeah. tend to a, you know, <laughs> Or he house. had a green thumb. Mm-hmm. He has no thumb anymore. Okay, we'll get to that. He is tending to his plants, and he gets attacked, and while his missus is vacuuming in the living room, these creatures start eating his wrist. Mm-hmm. And we don't see the actual, the, the slug eating him because he's wearing a gardening glove, yeah. but he's gesticulating and emitting <laughs> such a, a painful will we know that something's happening and as he's flopping around trying to wrest himself from this carnivorous slug which we find out later they are carnivorous yeah. because really a slug is a herbaceous animal but in this case these are mutated slugs so they are carnivorous <laughs> the pain is so great that as he's lying there writhing in pain he reaches for a, a, a mini axe yeah. and hacks off his own hand and he figures, I guess this will curb the spread of these creatures. Uh, I guess it's almost like a like a poisonous snake or something. He's lobbing off the source of it. Uh, his wife comes in, rushes to the scene, and inexplicably he's got a canister of petrol sitting there, which blows up because I guess there's some sort of electrical short in his greenhouse, mm-hmm. and the whole place just blows right up. And I guess this was done in order to get rid of the evidence, right? Because the whole place would just burn, and then you wouldn't tell that this guy was actually eaten by slugs. So it's just a way of delaying the attribution of these deaths to slugs. Okay, well, I mean... I'm guessing. (laughs) That was a weird scene, yeah. In these (laughs) animal attack movies, you always have the hero who's trying to warn the authority figure. We have to, you know, something's amiss. I mean, look at Jaws, right? Oh, for sure. You have Sheriff Brody Brody, trying to... Warn the mayor mm. of um, yeah, clear the beaches. Yeah, clear. The but beaches. I can't. It's like the what was the holiday? Was it Fourth of July it or Memorial July. Day? Whatever it was. Yeah, we can't do that on a long well, weekend. Maybe it was Memorial Day. Well, what, you can't do that. Like it's economically devastating. And it was the Fourth of July. And of, of course that plays into um, the plot here because there is both a mayor, yes, a disbelieving sheriff when. The, I guess the health inspector posits that there's these creatures that are about. Mm-hmm. Doesn't believe him. Sheriff doesn't want anything to do with it. Mayor doesn't want anything to do with it. And these films always have a evil corporation that's involved with this too. Not always, but oftentimes. Yes. Yeah. In, in the case of Piranha and stuff. And yeah, mm. In this case, it's Calgore. And one of the, another really awesome death in Slugs, there is a guy... Who wants to make a uh, a land development development deal mm. with Calgore? His name is David, and he's got this uh, south spouse by the name of Marine. And early in the movie, she's preparing a lovely dinner for them to enjoy at home. Yeah, a light meal because they've been eating too much steak recently, so they want to lighten it up. Yeah, so she decides to make a salad. <laughs> so she comes home and before pouring herself a glass of whiskey, she puts the head of lettuce in the sink. To wash, and we see the lettuce start to move. So we know yeah, something really is cool. happening within. Yeah, within their future repast. And, and when, the, the disgusting part was when she takes the kitchen knife out and starts slicing the lettuce to be able to put into the bowls, and you see like the slug creature right in there. And uh, what was his name again? Was David. it David? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he starts to exhibit these gastrointestinal symptoms. Yeah. And... Yeah, he was initially getting amorous with his missus, who's super hot, and then uh, he's thwarted by this thing wreaking havoc in his intestinal tract and giving him headaches as well. Yeah, he starts to exhibit these symptoms. Mm -hmm. Now, he's 
part of this deal. Right, so later on, he's sitting down at a fancy restaurant. <laughs> Trombino's Italian Bistro. And, and they're trying to <laughs> hammer out the specifics of this deal with this yeah. corporation, Calgor. And he's, he doesn't feel good, so he goes to the bathroom, and his nose starts to bleed. Mm. But he comes back, he sits down, the deal is made, he proposes a toast, he lifts up his uh, tumbler of whatever he was drinking, yeah. vodka, whiskey, what <laughs> and blood pours into the alcohol, and then... His head just explodes, and these wormy things are crawling all over the place. Something, and I'm like, well, "What's going on with these worms?" I thought this movie was about slugs. Well, as it turns out, not only not only are these slugs carnivorous, yeah. mutated, hermaphroditic, yeah, yeah, they can reproduce asexually, but they also possess a parasite, which is called a, a blood fluke. And uh, that is inside them as well, which helps spread, I guess, the toxins they're in and afflict even more people. So if they don't eat people, they can spread the toxin to them and spread the pathogen all over town. So this is a pretty fucking devastating creature. Yeah. And these pesky slugs. <laughs> and as they're referred to by a disbelieving law enforcement official, What's next? Demented crickets? Or just, just a great line, because there's always a disbelieving authority figure, and this is absurd, too, like, as it was in Night of the Lepus. Killer rabbits? What the hell? Mm -hmm. Silly rabbit tricks are for kids, but whatever. This silly slugs are on the loose. We find out more about these creatures from the town resident biologist, Dr. Foley. He's working in his lab. He posits that these things <laughs> reproduce in dark, uh, dank, I guess, cool wet environs and no better place to ratchet up the just disgustingness of this movie than the city sewer mm -hmm. so there you have this is you know dawn the sanitation workers area of expertise so they figure all this stuff is coming up from the sewer and that's where they're reproducing and that's where they're spreading and he also the reason i was chuckling earlier is because of something you said as you were watching this movie he also uh posits that the way to destroy them is to decrease a su substance, which <laughs> yeah. is a lithium-based arsenic. Yeah. And you, said, and you said something along the lines No, of, they'll be the least depressed worms ever, right? <laughs> yeah, whatever, yeah. Lithium yeah. famously, you know, abused by, like, Kurt Cobain and everything. But, yeah, they, they figure out this is, again, this is very strange. We're, we're trying to follow the science because the source of these, like many creature features, whether it be Attack of the Crab People or one of these films from the 50s and 60s, is toxic waste mm -hmm. that probably known to the developer resides in this town underground. Uh, well, toxic, toxic waste... waste it's, it's, uh, you can explain anything with exactly. toxic waste. I was going to say, it's, it's one of the best, <laughs> I guess you would say, deus ex machina yeah. in terms of explaining mutations. Because You don't even need to explain how it got there. You don't have to explain it. It's yeah. just that word, it's, it's toxic. It's waste. Yeah. Ergo, it's got to have some sort of nebulous property yeah. that's going to create some mutation of some sort. It works perfectly. You don't have to explain any more science. It's either radiation, toxic waste. For Wonderful. Sure. It's a screenwriter's dream. <laughs> that's why I have to give credit to Day of the Animals for going a little bit different and explaining... With ozone. The ozone layer, yeah. <laughs> and then the creature of the ozone layer for mm. causing these animals to go each year. But yeah, here it's toxic waste. And, like I said, I mean, this film, it follows a template of every animal attack movie. They escalate, they ratchet up. There's people trying to warn those in power and position of authority that we have to do something. In this case, they, they decipher that the slugs 
are is it breeding or living within the water supply within the pipes yeah yeah for sure and that's where they're originated from and they go to the mayor and they're asking to shut off the water the mayor says not on my watch <laughs> even though his personal bathroom is afflicted and they're coming up through the pipes and uh, in keeping with its brethren from the eco horror world there's some incredible kills so we've got an amorous duo well that's what i was gonna say no, I was yeah gonna say, well, film i guess worth a watch because it, it doesn't really offer anything new but what it does offer are some incredible gory kills and i was going to ask you if you know to discuss the ballad of uh bobby <laughs> and Donna. yeah exactly good one there yeah bobby is this uh uh, California type with this long surfer dude hair. And well, he's this tussle-headed uh, juvenile delinquent high school student, you know, ever sneering, ever scowling, <laughs> waiting outside. I don't, I don't think he Yeah, I guess he does go to school, but he's waiting out there in his hot rod for his oh, girlfriend yeah. to come out. And I mentioned that if this was an Italian production, he would have been played by Giovanni Lombardo Redis. Yeah, yeah. But this is... Whatever know, this is, it's a Spanish, it's a, yeah, American co-production, mm -hmm. and th this guy has got his babe, and uh, I was remarking before this happened that in, typically in these eco-horrors you don't get much in the way of nudity, because they tend to be fairly PG-13, and there's really not much in the way of super gore, mm -hmm. but here you see them full-on stooping, and in, I guess, his parents' It was Donna's... Bobby's parents, or one of the Donna's basement parents, bar, and he's, yeah. he's chugging his uh, JD and whatnot in his Southern Comfort. And I guess after... Uh, yeah. Or in the or midst in of the, the midst, throes of he passion. Has to, he has to stop to refuel <laughs> some alcohol. And yeah, and from... Yeah, we don't want to draw too much on personal experience there, but there is, you know, expression, whiskey dick, right? So uh, I don't think drawing upon stores of... Jack Daniels is a way to enhance the amorous mood between the two of them, but as it stands... I just he, want to say on record, I've never <laughs> heard that expression before, but I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. exactly. So. And so he gets up to, you know, replenish <laughs> his uh, booze store, and she's left in bed, and she gets attacked by these creatures, and they completely overwhelm her, and she's completely like naked. Like, in a, like a Bukowski character or something. Whiskey Dick. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, you know, and she's just, this is disgusting. Yeah. She's writhing around, nude, face down, amidst hundreds of these disgusting well, slugs. With, say, and they're, they're affixed to her butt and yeah. everything. It was disgusting. Let's just say that the, uh, the, the room was carpeted in slugs. There was slugs as far as the eye could see. <laughs> just like a squirm when you have the room that's just covered in thousands and thousands <laughs> of worms, a sea of worms. This was a sea of slugs absolutely disgusting and in the film we talked about they nest aka the nest there's a scene where i guess they're testing to see uh, whether this cockroaches actually have these carnivorous properties so they i think that there was a a cat that was in a cage and then they subjected it to one of these creatures and it just ate it completely which was disgusting when it was handled in they nest but here in the lab, there's a gerbil, uh, probably a hamster. Uh, I don't know which. I can't differentiate I mean, it was, between. It's probably a gerbil. Right? Yeah, they're both lab animals, and yeah. this thing gets attacked by a single slug, and that was really revolting. It attacked it. It was squirming, blood going everywhere. It was very convincing as well, and because typically in these things they do cutaways, but this was just full on, pretty cool. Yeah, really disgusting. Really, really creepy kills in this thing. So, what to do? The scourge of the slug. Yeah. <laughs> and 
the aforementioned lithium. God, this is almost like arsenic. Well, arsenic and old lace. It's almost like an Agatha Christie thing. So it's arsenic somehow crossed with lithium, and they figure out that if they make large enough batches of this thing in the lab, that they can take a hose of it, stick it into the sewer. Again, this is not you know maybe the best science that they can kill all these things en masse. And of course, much like in Piranha, like you have to find a way of getting all these things into one spot. So you need a Pied Piper of slugs. And I, I'm not entirely sure how they did this, but I guess Mr. Brady and Don, the sanitation worker, uh, Don, so no pun intended, the, the I guess, uh, wetsuits and masks, because it's all full of methane down mm -hmm, in the yep. sewer, and they try and find out exactly where they are all where breeding. The yes, of the slugs yeah. is, yes. <laughs> ground zero Ground of zero of those slugs yeah. in, in the in the sewer. So uh, Don, you're going off to the moon. You're going down in the sewer. You'd be you'd be surprised at the similarities. You know, there's more methane down there than there is on some of the planets. Mm. That's why you've got on a cute mask, huh? That's one of the reasons. And they come down with a big. <laughs> With a hefty bag full of raw meat, because again, it's, 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 yeah, it is pretty it's ridiculous. Pretty fucking ridiculous. Because they're already feeding on the townsfolk. Right. So who's to say that one bag of meat is going to attract every slug in Ashton, New York, for miles around to come to this one site? And but I guess they figure they can get as many of them as possible to be attracted to the meat. And poor Don. Yeah, well, first of all, poor Don, because he has a wife by the name of Maria, which is not, she's not the most attractive woman in the world. No. <laughs> I likened her to an aged Lena Dunham. Yeah. <laughs> we apologize to any fans of Leah Dunham out there. Yeah, all three of them, including Lena Dunham and her parents. But yeah, it's just, <laughs> she's, yeah, not a comely woman. And... But when Michael goes to conscript Don to go on this potentially hazardous mission mm. to destroy all these carnivorous mutated slugs his wife is very reticent to let him go and he says and i quote how about when i do get back and this, you know i mean whatever somebody says when i get back we you know, know they're, they're not, done yeah they're not, they're not long back. for this earth right how about when i do get back we get naked and crazy yeah well, she takes to, quite kindly to that proposition so mm. there was no getting naked and crazy because poor don he he uh, slips and falls into the epicenter of the slugs and this is again a sewer and uh, because I'm a meticulous stickler for detail <laughs> when he's flopping and drowning in the sewage I was yelling out like close your mouth as if <laughs> like uh, you know like some waterborne pathogen would be deadlier than thousands upon thousands of slugs that are about to eat this guy and super cool Brady hangs himself from I guess a beam and tries to lower first his legs so that Don can grab them and hoist himself up and then his arms to try and he hangs upside down like a circus performer to try and get his buddy out but this guy can't and the, the gloves, are, gloves are slippery he's wearing rubber they're in a sewer his head is dunked under he's being attacked by slugs he cannot reach him and poor Don is done for and that was again awesome where they expose the guy's eye socket and when these things go after you like there's some Fulci-esque gore mm -hmm. and that separates this out from the other uh, animals attack type movies because yeah, like, dogs and Night of the Lepus are fairly tame. Dogs? Dogs, yeah. In Night of the Lepus? Fairly tame like in Dog. terms of... Uh, Rabbits. 
I, oh, I was referring to 1976 as dogs. Oh, and the oh, dogs oh, and yeah. the titular dogs. That's oh, okay. fairly like tepid stuff. It could right, almost right, run right. on network television. Right. So they're just frothing dogs. They attack people. But right. this was, they went yeah, for it exactly. big time. Yeah. And so he's done for. And then all we're left with is Brady, the health inspector, mm-hmm. uh, the, almost an analog or surrogate for Donald Sutherland's character in you know Invasion of the Body Snatchers. He's the lone public servant left. To try and deal with things. Well, and luckily though, we do have uh, the biologist. Uh, he's still kicking, yeah, right. Doctor Foley, and he's up there, and somehow, in some form or fashion, he manages to, to commandeer some vehicle filled with, I guess, barrels of this toxin to slugs that mm-hmm. he brings with him, and the sheriff tries to intercept them, saying like, "What are you doing? This is an emergency. Get into the sewer, spray the stuff." There's explosions of plenty. <laughs> And the scourge of the slugs is ameliorated. So, but again, many questions spring to mind. Mm-hmm. They almost become like electrified, and it spreads like through the sewer. Like there's some weird, I don't know. Maybe it was reacting with the water because that's a pretty good vector for transmitting electricity when there's an explosion. I don't know how there was slugs were just being killed all over the place. So who knew how it happened? But manholes are being exploded all over town. The town bar gets blown up twice for some reason. Uh, houses get blown up. Uh, everything. There's just firebombs all over the town and slugs. That is the denouement. <laughs> <laughs> that is that. <laughs> so what did we learn? Well, I mean, okay. Um, a few episodes back, we podcasted uh, Night of the Demons. And I mentioned that, surprisingly, there's not a lot of movies that... Horror movies that are set on All Hallows' Eve, on Halloween. Uh Aha, yes. This one has a very tenuous relationship to Halloween because there's really no connection to Halloween. There's no decorations. There's no, (laughs) you know, people getting ready for Halloween, getting their uh, costumes ready. But there is a Halloween party that is being held. And, you know, there is a high school. That's where... Bobby and Donna come from. Yes. And they're also talking about having this Halloween party. And despite the fact that this seems completely divorced from the rest of the The proceedings in the town, because there's no other references to Halloween, they are having this Halloween party, and it is the saddest Halloween party (laughs) ever. It's very sparsely decorated. It's not a sad party. It's actually a pretty good party. Yeah, yeah. It's a bunch of cars parked in an empty field. Which is all you need. With some music and some booze. But what makes it sad is the fact that this is a quote-unquote <laughs> Halloween party, and the only thing that demarcates it as Halloween is one sad little jack-o'-lantern placed upon the roof of the vehicle. Some McConnell van. Yeah, yeah. And ergo, this is a Halloween party. Yeah. That sort of came out of nowhere. I don't know why they had to uh, say this is a Halloween party instead of just a regular teenagers getting together and getting drunk. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, one thing I learned was, again, given that it's pull-no-punches ethos of this movie, where you have the gore and the exposed uh, ocular uh, sockets and skulls and uh, blood flukes, I just I like saying that, shooting out of people's faces and people puking up blood and blood coming out of noses, that it was very odd that one of the party-goers, who looked like a member of the forgettable 80s 
heavy metal band Rat. It's funny to say forgettable, but I mean, I think every time that we get together, you somehow have to slip in a reference to Rat. 80s metal. Every, I'm a every big day fan. of conversation. Uh, yeah, this keeps going round and round. Really, <laughs> oh, oh, terrible pun. <laughs> yeah, and this guy, he's the one attendee of this party who's actually dressed up. He actually brought a, a kind of scream mask that we saw, obviously, in... in um, you know, the Wes Craven Scream film. And it's very similar. And he dons that, and he goes after one of his classmates in order to rape her. And I thought, this is really crazy. I thought, this is like, the tone of this is way beyond Dogs or Night of the Lepus or Day of the Animals, which could run on, as a disaster film on network television in the 70s. So that I thought, and we're not invested in this guy at all, nor are we in this woman Pam at all. She's a fringe character. He runs after her after she's rebuffed her boyfriend who's making advances on her. And we don't know who these people are. They emerge like halfway through the film. This woman has there's nothing, no background. She, in order to escape her assailant, oh, descends into the sewer. So, and obviously meets her maker there and her corpse is just completely eviscerated and all her viscera are left exposed and she becomes like skeletal within minutes after these things eat away at her in no time. So, yeah, I, I learned that this thing really pulls no punches. It's head and shoulders above its, its brethren in the space here, in this subgenre. Yeah. Well, I would say head and shoulders above when it comes to gore, but head and shoulders below when it comes to characterization. Oh, yeah, yeah. Suspense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no... Atmosphere. No, there's none, none of which to be had. But convincing line reading. Oh, yeah, for sure. Good dialogue. Mm. Jeff Lieberman's Squirm was a really well-crafted thriller, and it really even didn't need the gore that it had. It was really well put together and beautifully structured. This one, yeah, not so much. Uh, again, kudos to Arrow for the transfer was beautiful, like when you compare the pristine treatment to the trailer. It was, it's night and day. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Lush, vibrant colors. They did a great job, bang-up job. And on this it's one. great that we live in an era where obscure horror flicks such as these from the 70s and 80s can get these wonderful treatments on Blu-ray with pristine restorations and abundance of special features, etc., etc. And, you know, there's a couple production houses out there, distribution uh, companies uh, such as Arrow, Scream Factory, Severn, etc., that put out these, and it's wonderful because back in the day, you would have to go hunting some really out-of-the-way, hole-in-the-wall video stores if you want to find these movies such as slugs. So we, do, we are sort of living in a golden era of horror distribution on Blu-ray, on physical home media, but then on the other hand... Yeah, as more people turn to uh, streaming services and uh, eschew physical formatted products, then it's bad too because their costs go up and it, it's going to be a dying art and there's only, I guess, well, four or five prominent Mm -hmm. companies that do this and we hope they can continue to sustain their business model because who is going to find films like this in the future there's just no way unless mm -hmm. someone you know violates you know google's terms of service and just throws it on youtube but really they could be lost to the ages and i i don't know if i would say because we're going to segue into our rating i don't know if i would say this is a must-see material but when you look at eco-horror completest, which we are, you, you got to figure you want to see every possible member of the animal kingdom attacking people that you possibly can. 
Like last year I saw Beneath with the killer catfish or carp, I couldn't tell. But I, I want to see all these things because there's a unique spin for however formulaic they are. There's always ways you can bring your new touch. I want people to see this and I'm going to give it three and a half because I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Maybe, uh, maybe I'd scale it back to maybe three and a quarter, three, but a solid uh, recommendation on my part for sure. And what, what about your star rating? Yeah, I mean, for the uh, for the kills alone, I'm going to give it uh, three stars. It's not um, it's not a classic. It's not a must see. You know, there's not much attention to detail too because I noticed two types of cop cars. There's a red one and there's a black one, and one had Wayne County, New York on it. The other had nothing on it. Mm-hmm. So well, that can be you forgiven. Can't, that can be yeah, forgiven. Probably like people with a hundred thousand bucks to work with. Mm-hmm. You can't help but. And again, the characters being introduced midway, you have nothing invested in them. They die. That's certainly no slight on this because hell, we've seen hundreds of slasher films where that happens. Mm-hmm. Hey, who is this guy? We hardly knew you. You're dead. Right. So yeah, fun stuff. Well paced. For what it was, yeah. Until they got to the sewer and they started mucking about too much there, it got a little, you know. But three well stars, worth, yeah, yeah. Well worth checking out. Yeah. As is our site, www.reallyawfulmovies.com, with fun genre films like this reviewed and new episodes of our show uploaded every Friday. Be sure and check it out, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Mm-hmm.